Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. is unlock your true strength unlock your true strength this is probably just going to be a one-off message and um, and I can tell you this that the message is very simple today but how many of you know that in the Bible it's oftentimes the simple messages that make the greatest difference amen I'm grateful that God doesn't wait until we can understand the deep things the profound things before he pulls us out of the pit that we can sometimes find ourselves in. Amen? How many of you would say that God came to me in a simple way, but yet a powerful way, when I needed him the most? I'm so grateful for that. So, the title is Unlock Your True Strength. And um, I want you to turn your Bible, please, to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 3 and verse 39. 2 Samuel, chapter 3 and verse 39. Um, This is a story about... Um, King David, and this is what it says. It says this, and King David is the one that said it. He said, I am weak today. I am weak this day. At this very moment, I am weak. Then there's a comma, and then it says, though anointed king. I want us to realize first off that, that sometimes in our weakness, we fail to realize that we still are anointed. In our weakness, in our, in our shortcomings, yes, even sometimes in our sin, I want you to realize that you're still anointed. I want you to know that you still have authority. I want you to know that you still are positioned for greatness. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I also want you to know today that even though you may feel weak, come on, you still have a responsibility Come on, to trust God and do what it is that God has called you to do. Last week was a difficult time for me. And how many of you would say and come into agreement that all of us go through troubled times? Matter of fact, the possibilities are are great that somebody here this morning, you know, you might be going through some troubled waters, some real turmoil. In fact, maybe for some, you have... um, you, you have reached out to come to church as a last resort because everything, come on, that you once thought was sturdy, everything now is just kind of falling apart. Have you ever, have you ever been walking downstairs and, and, and you just, you, you got the wrong socks on and you, you, your feet just kind of slip out from underneath you? And it's at that moment, you don't even have to think, but you're like, I know this guardrail or this, this handrail is, is right. It should be right about, oh, thank you that it was there. Right, you just respond, and you're going down. And so maybe, maybe that's what church is this morning for you. It's like, it's like you've lost all of your bearing, you've lost all of your foundation, and you're reaching out, hopeful that you can grab hold of something that is going to stop you from a bad situation getting worse. And I want you to know that if that's you, you're in, you're in the right place. I had a real difficult time week before last. 
I don't know if you know this, but if you don't know this, pastoring can sometimes just be difficult. Like the weightiness of pastoring can be very heavy sometimes. Most of the time when I get a phone call, all of the time when I get a phone call between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m., it's bad news. But most of the time when I get a phone call, somebody's needing prayer for something, they're needing encouragement for something, or they're needing some instruction or, or some direction to get through a difficult situation in their life, or they're looking for a scripture that they might be able to stand on because everything else just isn't working. And so, so just the, the element of pastoring creates and it brings about its own heaviness. Probably like, a, like an ER doctor, you know what I'm saying? Like when it's time to go to work, it is, you know, something bad has, has, has happened. But on top of that, the regular, the regular things that just pastoring just kind of brings to the table, on top of that, there have just been so many funerals that I've been doing lately. Alpha, it's so good to have you in the house this morning. Thank you for letting me do your husband's celebration of life service. A lot of times things comes in threes, and, and that's certainly this, you know, where I was, you know, three funerals, and then on top of that, and, and do you know, you know, if you've got emotion and you, and you care about people, you can't help but sit down with somebody and their family when they're grieving the loss of somebody that they love. You can't help but just kind of take, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it, you can't help but just to, to take some of that on and you, your heart hurts because their heart hurts, Right? And then on top of that, so many people that I love and care for, even people in my own family, are dealing with the C word, cancer, right now. So that was just kind of weighty and heavy on me. And then my mom, my own mom, and I don't know about you, but I got the best mom in the world. There's nobody like my mom. And she's, a, you, you want a thumb wrestle right now over it? Yeah. I don't want to arm wrestle. You look like you're bigger than I am, so... Thumb wrestling, I might have a chance. But my mom is incredible, and out of the 12 lives that she's been given, she spent 15 of them. She's been in and out of the ICU, and she's got troubles and problems. So my wife and I and my family, we just try to get there as often as we can because you just don't know how long your loved ones, and how many of you know you got one mom, right? You got one, one mom, you got some of you got more than one mom, and you're blessed. But it's hard. It, 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 it's weighty. And so, so I was going through just some stuff, and I preached. I gave everything I could. That Sunday, I called Pastor Javi Monday, and I said, I felt like I was WWE wrestling, and we were tag team champions. And I said, I reached out. I was like dragging across that. You guys have seen it, WWE I'm in a headlock and bent it all up, and, and I'm just holding my hand out, and I said, oh, tag, you're it. How many of you appreciate the message that he brought this last week? So good, so, so good. It was so good to be able to just sit and be blessed and receive this last week. I'm grateful for him and the rest of our team that are just ready. So David, in this situation, Come on, he's been anointed king years before this moment that he says, I'm weak, 
I'm feeble, but I'm still anointed king. Years before this had happened, he was secretly anointed by the prophet Samuel. You guys remember the story? Samuel came to the house of David, was looking for the, the king to anoint, and went through all the brothers, all the ones that looked like kings, and the Lord said, nope, nope, no, 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 no. Do you have another? Well, yeah, I got this ruddy little kid that's out watching, you know, the animals on, you know, you know way out in the, in, in, in the desert, and let, you bring him in. And so it was that time that the prophet anointed David as king. And, and as the story goes, once you've got the anointing, like everything is smooth sailing from then on out, right? No, in fact... Truthfully, that's when some of his biggest problems began to begin to you know, show up and, and, and manifest as such a popular word these days. His problems began to manifest. And the, the opposite happened. His troubles were one right after another. And one of the biggest troubles that he was facing is having to run for his life because the king at that time, King Saul, wanted nothing more than to destroy him and wipe his name off of the planet. He didn't want to lecture him. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to throw him in prison. He literally wanted to kill him. And he had the king's army set out to do just that. And so David is being hunted like a, like a, a wild animal. And he's running for his life after he's been anointed to be the king one day. Why did Saul do this? Because of jealousy. You guys remember the story. They would come back off of battle, and Saul loved David at one point, but then people would be shouting in the street, Saul has killed his thousands, but David had killed tens of thousands. So Saul began to get jealous in his heart. The king became jealous of the servant, and then that drove him to kill him. I want you to know this, that jealousy... If it doesn't kill somebody else, it'll end up killing you. Jealousy is always out to murder and to rob and to steal. David's hiding out. He's in, he's in the caves and he comes across a band of misfits, people that haven't paid their taxes and they hadn't, you know, they've been deadbeat dads not paying their child support and got some tickets that they just running from the law from and and, um, and so he's, he's finding all of these men, and he begins to share life with them. And the truth is, is what happened is, is the anointing that Samuel had, had put on David, as he began to share life with people that he loved and cared for and was building these relationships with these misfits, I believe what happened was some of that anointing began to spread uh, your homework for the, for the week is this. Just go search and see what David's mighty men were able to pull off. These misfits. Come on, these outcasts, these outlaws. Just study and see what it is that God used them to do. So he's got these band of people. They're gathered around, and you fast forward just a little bit of time, and you come to the day when Saul and his son Jonathan, which David loved very much. It was his best of friends. And Saul and Jonathan were killed on Mount Gilboa in the same battle at the same time, or close to the same time. Of course, this broke David's heart 
But at the same time, come on, he had been anointed way back here to be the king. And now he begins to see what I'm going to call the writing on the wall. Oh, this is how God has prepared for me to step into and take what is rightfully mine. It had been promised back here. It couldn't have happened until King Saul had died or was, you know, something significant had taken place. It couldn't happen, but here it is. This is God's hand at work. So David's the guy. Somebody say the guy. He's that guy. David is that guy, and it's his time to be the king of Israel. But the problem is, is Israel was divided into two kingdoms, a northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the southern kingdom was the king, the kingdom that King David was, was ruler over. And David had a, 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 just an incredible war general. Any military men or women in the house? Military men or women? Marine Corps is what I'm saying right here, right now. Anybody else? Come on, somebody. A little Semper Fidelis. Hoorah, there we go. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Any other branches? Army, Navy, Air Force, Army right here. Thank you for your service. David has this war general and his name is Joab. This guy is a bad dude. And, and then the other kingdom, the northern kingdom, there's a king by the name of Ishbosheth, which was a descendant of King Saul and and he had a, also had a war general, and his name was Abner. In Second Timothy, or I'm sorry, Second Samuel chapter three, verse one, the Bible says that David's kingdom, or the kingdom of David, continued to grow stronger and stronger, but the kingdom of Saul weaker and weaker. So Abner, he has an argument with King Isbasheth. And he goes to King David and he says, listen, I want to make an agreement with you. I want to make a covenant with you that I feel like Israel is supposed to be one nation with one king. And we believe that you're that king. And he said, if you want to move, I am promising you. Now, once again, Abner is the war general for the opposite kingdom. He said, I'm promising you not only will your general and your men fight for you, but our men will fight for you as well. And so David, once again, he's like, wow, this is the prophetic word of the Lord being played out. I was anointed back here. Saul had to die. Now I have, come on, Saul's war general saying, listen, Israel needs to be one nation under one king, and he's willing to fight. The Bible says right before this happened, right before the deal was sealed, Joab, which is the war general of David, kills the war general Abner. He takes him out. He, he, he kills him. Why did he do it? Because years before this, come on, Abner had killed Joab's brother, and this was a revenge situation. But in one moment, what I want you to know is everything that David seen that God was doing was flipped upside down. And I just have to believe that there are people here this morning that you're you, like God has spoken to you. I'm going to do this great thing in your life. And then all of a sudden you're going along and, and something lines up. It creates another position, another opportunity for you. And you're going along, you're just faithful. And then all of a sudden there's another open door that you just step right through. And you're like, man, God's hand is all over this thing. And now you've got these preconceived ideas on how things are going to turn out. 
And then all of a sudden, you're throwing a curveball. And something that you were not expecting to happen happens. And now you're in confusion. Come on, you're in division once again. And this is exactly where King David was. But he handled it properly. He didn't stay there. Hang with me for a second. It's at this moment that David says, this day, this very day that I'm in right now, I am weak, yet I'm still anointed. Did you know that it's possible to go through difficult times to be weak, but yet still carry the anointing of God to get the job done? Do you know that? If you know it, just say amen. Amen. You know what? Now I'm going to ask you to believe it, or did you just lie to me? Because I am telling you that what I see is very different than a room full of people saying, Amen, Pastor Travis, that's exactly right. You can be weak, you can be weary, you can be broken, you can be challenged, you can be going through hard times, but you're still anointed. Amen, Travis, you're right, preach it. Woo! What I see more than anything are those people that are called by God, anointed, positioned, given responsibility, What I see is shaking goes on, and the next thing you know, they're bowing out. Can I just tell you this? A man of God or a woman of God is not powerful in God based on what's happening out here. A man of God, a woman of God is powerful in God based on what's inside of here. And what I'm seeing is, is we have a lot of growth to take place in here because we have such powerful people. As long as we're on the mountaintop, as long as things are going our way, we have powerful people. They know what to say, they know how to say it, they know when to say it, they can gather a bunch of people around them to agree with it, but at the moment that there's a shaking going on, they're bowing out, they're losing their position, they're giving their anointing, They're given their birthright, and they're they're shirking their responsibilities. That's That's what we see more than anything. Not saying that we don't see both, but I'm telling you, if you're gonna be prepared for what is coming, you better you better sure up some foundations. You better sure up some foundations because it's okay to be weak. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a bad season. But just because you're feeling bad about something doesn't mean that God removes his anointing off of your life. He doesn't remove the anointing. He doesn't remove the call. He doesn't doesn't remove the responsibility. He's saying, Gary, you're my guy. Whether you feel like it or not, whatever your emotions are saying or not. When you say, I just can't do it, I just can't go on, that's right, sir, you can't do it in yourself, but you can in the Lord. You can in the Lord. Some of the greatest preaching that I've ever heard, these very people are just are bowing out whenever times get tough. God's gift and his call are given without repentance. Doesn't matter how you feel. 
Doesn't matter what your emotions are doing. You got a job and a position. Right? If you were in if you were in battle and and you were you had you had some sniffles and you're on the front line, you're you're locked up arm to arm. Come on with the people that are fighting right along with you. And you're like, guys, listen, I'm just I just don't feel good. What you do is you leave a hole, you leave a gap, you leave people that have been counting on you, trusting you, following you, you leave them exposed. And it's not a little thing, it's a big thing. There's got to be something more inside of you that says, listen, I'm going to rise up because God is with me. God is for me. See, To know when it's just head knowledge is really not to know. Oh, yeah, I know this about God. I know that about God. But to know, it means to move in the anointing regardless of what you feel. First Peter, these are some things that the Bible says about you. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you're a chosen generation. Turn to your neighbor and say, God chose you. You're a, you're a royal priesthood. Ooh, that feels good. I'm royalty. Tell them you're royalty. Some of you have known that for a long time, that you're royalty. A holy nation. It goes on. You once were not a people at all, but now you're the people of God. You once didn't have any mercy, but now... You have mercy. Ephesians 2.6, the Bible says that God has raised us up to sit together with him in heavenly places. That's a place of elevation. That's a place of authority in Christ Jesus. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, what does that say about me? It says to him, talking about Jesus, who loved us and washed us in his own blood, his own blood that he spilled on that cross. He washed our sins away, and he has made us kings and priests. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a king. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're a priest. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're a prophet. Kings, priests, and prophets. Isn't that amazing? One pastor had gotten up, and uh, he he said to his congregation, it was a full church, he said, hey, Hey, guys, we got something that just happened. Do we have any priests in the house? Silence. No hands. Come on, there's got to be at least one priest in the house. And then he went on and gave his entire message on every single one of them is a king, priest, and a prophet. Right? And so we got to know who it is that we are. And if God declares you anointed, then you're anointed. If God declares you positioned, and, 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 and in place, then that's exactly what you are. I want you to notice it's possible to be weak and still have authority. See, we often see God's greatest purpose in our life in route when we're, when we're at our lowest place. How many times do we see, or maybe you've even experienced it, you've been at a low place. You're broken, busted, nothing's going right. But God's saying, listen, my purpose is in route. My purpose is in route. See, the only way that you see the purpose, the fulfillment of the purpose, is if you don't give up 
at the moment that the hardship comes. And so many people are like, man, I just gave God all these great years and whatnot, but then things started getting a little rough and rocky, and they would say that God gave up on me. God didn't give up on you. You gave up on you, and you gave up on God because you took yourself out of the game when you were supposed to remain, when you were supposed to remain. But I felt so bad, and things were so tough. It doesn't matter how you felt. Come on, I'm in a place of weakness. I'm tired. I'm worn out. But you're anointed. You're positioned. You're called, and you're responsible. Don't shirk your responsibilities because of a feeling. David said, I feel feeble, but I'm still called and anointed. You ever been called something that you didn't feel like? Man, I've had people, and this is God just messing with me. I've had people come to me, and I got my smile on my face, but inside I'm a mess. I'm, I'm going through stuff, right? Going through stuff. And this is what the Lord will use these people to say. They'll say things like, man, you know, you never go through any tough stuff. You know, you're, you're always so strong. And I'm just like, boy, if you only knew. How many of you know that it doesn't matter what your position is? Everybody has bad days that they, 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 would, they would turn in 100 days to get rid of that one, you know, bad situation that they find themselves in. And so I just smile. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I would never go through tough, you know, tough times. But I'm telling you, this is what I can't see myself doing. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of how hard things get, regardless of even some of the mistakes that I may make myself, the mess that I may even create myself, I cannot see me giving up on the call and the anointing and the position and the responsibility that God has set me up to do, right? Now, he could take me down. He raises people up and he takes people down. But I'm telling you, I just cannot see it. He's been too good to me. Notice when David felt weak. David felt weak in the middle of transition. See, God was fixing to elevate him. He was a king already, but he was only king over half the kingdom. And God was putting things in motion to elevate him to be the king, which was God's full plan in the first place. And then David in this place, because it doesn't turn out like he sees it in his head, David says, man, I'm feeling this brokenness, this weakness. But he didn't give up on his responsibility. He was still anointed king. See, everybody wants the ball. Just think of a basketball game or a football game, right? Everybody wants the ball when there's a few seconds left in the game. Put me in, coach. Throw it to me, coach. I'm going to do it. I'm going to run it down, out, and go. And I'm going to be wide open because I got wheels, right? The problem is, is every time during practice you've ran that down, out, and go, and you've been wide open, but you ain't got no hands. And so everybody wants the ball in the critical moment, but not everybody can deliver when the moment is tough. I was talking to Steve Lotta just this morning, and I just went up to his daughter, incredible athlete, incredible basketball player. Her greatest strength is to be able to deliver under pressure. Everybody else on the team may be falling apart or, 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 or nothing's just kind of going their way. 
But she is the one, Steve said, that will rise up. She will rise up and she will bring other people up with her. See, there, this person is a unique person to be in a stressful, difficult situation and to be able to push the ceiling and rise above it when most people are just going to be like, well, I gave it my best. I'm just going to kind of, maybe I'll try it again later. Come on, I'm telling you, as the body of Christ, we have to have some, have some tenacity inside of us, some resolve inside of us that says, yes, this is, this is, this is tough. Yes, I don't want to be going through this, but my God is going to deliver. My God is going to show up. See, wicked attacks of the enemy often, I would almost say always, but that's too big of a statement, often precede great victories. So listen, I want to speak to the young people just real quick. You're promoted at work. You're getting ready to promote at work. At the moment that you turn in your application for that position that you, that you feel like you could really do a good job, there's going to be a voice in your head. And that voice oftentimes says, you're not good enough. You're unqualified. Who do you think that you are? And it was John was here. He was here first service. John, I remember we were doing prayer 11 o'clock to to 1 o'clock or 10 o'clock to midnight, something like that. And he was coming in, and we would pray for him. He was applying for a job that he, that he said, I'm unqualified for, but I think I could really do it. I think I could really do it. There were other people that applied for the same job that had more qualifications than him. Guess who got the job? John Chesley got the job. The favor of God, come on, on his life, never led people Never, never been to leadership courses or anything like that. Now leading teams. Amen. If he would have listened to that voice that says, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You're outside of your, your, you know what I mean? You need to stay where you're at. It's safer there. Right? He would have never put in that application. It wouldn't be in a position of influence where he is right now. God's elevating your ministry. There's distractions. There's worry. There's fear. There's hardships. You need to keep your eye on the prize, which is Christ Jesus. The devil wants you to quit and to give up. And unfortunately, many people do when things get hard. They quit and they give up. Many people are anointed. They carry the anointing, but they're defeated already in their mind. Many people are positioned, yet they've retreated in their mind. In the Marine Corps, we used to say this statement, Marines don't retreat we just attack in a different direction. Made us feel better. I don't know if you understand that, but it made me feel better. There's a poem that I wanted to share with you. Don't retreat. Don't back down. Stand firm, your feet on solid ground. Strength and courage will be found in the face of the unknown. Look forward, don't you forget. Your destiny is yours to get. You have power to make your dreams come true. Just trust God's spirit who will always lead you. The kingdom of God is filled with opposites. You can't read the Bible without seeing this. The Bible says, and it alludes to this in many places, that you can be, you can be outnumbered. You can be discouraged. You can, you know, things can be looking terrible you know, as far as the battle goes, but you can come out victorious as you find yourself in the Lord. The Bible says things like, 
You know, you, the poor can be rich. We see this. We go to Africa. We go to the Dominican Republic. Some of the most wealthy people, not monetarily, but in life have nothing. They live in houses that are smaller than what you may park your lawnmower in or your bicycles. You can have peace in the middle of a storm. What kind of sense does that make? One of the strongest people that I've ever met was Sarah Weimer. Sarah Thompson. Sarah Weimer. Fighting cancer. Battled it head on. The peace of God that surpasses understanding. It wasn't just something that she quoted. It was something that she lived, that she experienced. I'm not saying that she didn't have her weak moments, but I've not met another person, and I've dealt with many people that have been in this place of transition, getting ready to cross over. Not one person as I, have I met that did it like Sarah did it. She trusted in the Lord. She would say things. We were in the Dominican Republic. She's like, if the Lord chooses to save me, God bless him. And if, he, if, 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 if this is the thing that's going to take me, then God bless him. She used and she ministered all the way to the end. All the way to the end. Many people would give up. God, I've served you. I've been raised in the church. I've led children's ministry. I've done VBS. I've gone on mission trips. I've done all these things, and this is how you're going to treat me? You're going to give me cancer and, and, and take me before I get a chance to see my kids grow up and marry and have babies and all those things? Sarah didn't do that. She could have done that. People would have understood if she would have done that. But she didn't. She continued to trust and be faithful and serve the Lord all the way through to the moment where she took her last breath. She looked up in the corner, big old Sarah smile, big old eyes like only Sarah had, the peace of God, the love of God on her face. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Second Corinthians chapter 12, 10, Paul says this, I take pleasure in my weakness. Why? Because when I'm weak, then I am strong. See, he says this, not when I get through this trouble will I be strong. Once I resolve this conflict, then I'll be strong. He said, no, at the moment that I feel weak, at that moment I am strong. Why? Because God is with me. We question, if I'm a child of God, then why am I sick? If I'm a child of God, then why is my, why is my marriage failing? If I'm a child of God, then why is it that I always have more month than I have money? If I'm a child of God, then, 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 then why aren't my kids, you know what I mean, lining up and obeying? If I'm a child of God, then why don't I have better relationships? If I, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I. And I'm just saying, listen, we need to flip it. Man, I'm going through this sickness, but praise God, I'm a child of God. Man, I'm having these marriage troubles and these problems, but praise the Lord, I'm a child of God. Right? My kids, they weren't raised to do what it is that they're doing right now, but praise God, I'm a child of God, and they are too, right? There, we have, the way that we approach, it has to be different. We define ourselves, once again, not by what's going on around us. We define ourselves by what's going on inside of us, and I want you to know you're stronger than what you think. I'm gonna skip that, and I'm gonna skip that. When Satan comes against you, what I want you to know as I'm getting ready to close, that means getting ready. Don't push me off the stage. What I want you to know is you need to have a face-to-face -face with Satan and say, man, you know what? You can disrupt 
You can disturb and you can try to divide. But I want you to know, Satan, that I still have my faith. I want you to know, Satan, that you can throw whatever it is that you want at me, but I still have my praise. Devil, I want you to know that I believe that you're real, but I'm not going to give you more credit than what you deserve because I still have the Holy Ghost. I have the Spirit of God inside of me. Devil, come at me however you wish, but I want you to know that I've been blood-bought, born again by the power and the blood that was shed. It was Jesus' blood It was shed on the cross at Calvary. Devil, I want you to know that you can lie to me and you can promise me and you can, you can try to set me up for all that this world has to offer. But devil, I want you to know that I still have the word of God, which is powerful and it's able to get, come on, to the deepest parts of a person. And I stand upon that foundation. See, David qualified this very saying. He qualified this moment. He said, I am weak, but he didn't stop there. He said, I am weak today. And then he put a comma there. I am weak today. Listen, David wasn't weak when he was watching the sheep in the middle of the field. And he had to kill a lion and he had to kill a bear. David wasn't weak when he stepped out onto the battlefield and faced a giant that the whole army was fearful to go out and face. David wasn't weak and fearful then. David wasn't weak when he was coming back from battle hearing that Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. He wasn't weak even when he was running for his life in the cave of Adullam. And he was, he was, he was, he was building up his mighty men, these great men that would do godly exploits. He wasn't weak then, but he had a moment of weakness. And I'm just telling you that it's okay to have a moment of weakness. You don't always have to be on point. You can say, hey, listen, I need a break. Hopefully you've got a brother or a sister that you can tag and say, hey, listen, you're it because I got to reset. I got to drive in. I've got to get in the presence of the Lord. Hopefully you're not doing life alone and you've got some people that can come and help you come on to carry the load when you need it. It's okay to have moments of weakness. Like today I am weak, comma. But then, devil, I just want you to know I'm not done with my statement. I'm still anointed. I'm still the king. I'm still in charge. I still have authority. I'm not relinquishing my position. I'm not giving up. I don't know what the word retreat is because the God that I serve, there is no enemy army that is greater than he is. I will not come up short on my responsibility. I'm a little tired. I'm a little worn out. I'm struggling a little bit, but tomorrow's on its way and I'm gonna be ready for anything that you throw at me. The Bible says weeping may endure for the night, but joy, somebody say joy, but joy comes in the morning. So times may be tough. You may be going through some difficult things. This is going to pass, I promise you. Take back your place. 
reposition yourself. Pastor Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on, just come up here just real quick. This just hit me right now. I'm not gonna try to share what you shared this morning. You got 32 seconds. No, no, no. <laughs> I want you to just share what you shared and hit on the repentance. So Pastor T had asked during the pre-service rally, what do you think of when you think of unlocking your true strength? And the first thing that came to my mind is when Jesus was talking to Peter during the Last Supper, and Jesus said, look, Peter, Satan has asked to sift each of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you specifically, Simon Peter, that your strength may not fail. And then Jesus says, so after you have repented, strengthen your brothers. And so, you know, what Jesus was telling him is, listen, strengthen your brothers, but that only comes after what? After repentance. So that was the first thing that hit me when we started talking about that, and so that's what you wanted me to share. Thank you so much. Come on, that's good stuff right there. So listen, you may feel broken. Tell yourself, I'm still anointed. You've been lied to multiple times, maybe even by the same person. I'm still anointed. You've been passed over, overlooked. You're the one that's putting in the extra work. Nobody's giving you the credit that you deserve. I'm still anointed. Somebody's out to get you, and maybe they're not just out to get you to drag your name through the mud. Maybe they're really out to get you, to drag you know, drag you down, to hurt you, to hurt your family, maybe even to kill you. David knew something about that. He would tell you, I'm still anointed. Maybe you're here today and you've made a big mistake. Like the mess that you're in, a lot of it, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, you've brought on yourself. Maybe it's the biggest mistake you've ever made. I want you to know this, you're still anointed and God has not cast you away. Maybe you're weak and afraid today, like David was on his day. You're still anointed. See, this is the deal is, is it's never my strength that's going to carry me through, and it's never your strength. See, I titled this message, Unlocking Your True Strength. We don't have any strength. In ourselves, we are going to be defeated 11 times out of 10. Fuzzy math. But I'm telling you, in the Lord, in the Lord, you are more than conquerors. In the Lord, you are victorious. In Jesus, you're the head and not the tail. In Jesus, you're from above and not beneath. You are called. You are positioned. You are anointed. You are given authority. And you have the responsibility to walk that out. Fulfill your purpose. The Apostle Paul said, I've ran my race and I've finished my course. This talks about finishing. It talks about completion. Was it perfect? No. Man, if you guys missed last Wednesday, you missed it. Go back and see it again. Some of these heroes of the faith that we have were, boy, they made some bad decisions. Their bad decisions just might make your bad decisions look really good. Make you feel better. Like if you're, if you're feeling bad, just go read the Apostle Paul. Read King David's life. But yet David was a man after his own heart. 
I'm closing today just by asking a question. If God has spoken to you in and through these few moments together, and you need to repent, this is a big deal, repentance, right? Repentance is never a one and done thing. Sometimes I find myself repenting day after day after day. Sometimes moment after moment after moment. But I want you to know repentance is a beautiful thing. If you mean it, take it to the Lord. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And then go strengthen your brethren. Strengthen your sisters. Amen. Take your place in your position. Because God's gifts and talents, what he's called you to do, is never given without repent, or with repentance. He doesn't, he doesn't say, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Wish I wouldn't have done that for Sarah. Right? No, he's like, that's Sarah. She's my gal. She's my girl. The Lord loves you. And if you have something that you need to do, responding to the message today, asking God to forgive you of your sins, you know what I mean? Retaking and claiming your place and your position that he's, that he's called you to. Come on, making some big differences in your family. My favorite scripture is put God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things. Like if you've been putting other things first, maybe whatever it is that the Lord's speaking to you about, if you need to respond right now, you don't have to tell everybody, but just raise your hand in the air. You've got to, you, you're called to respond all over the place. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. For you that have your hands up, I'm just going to pray for you. Amen. I love this section right here. God bless you guys, man. Thank you for being here. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for giving your life so that we can live, not just scratch by, inch by, but we can live the abundant, purposeful life. God, your calling on our life enables us to accomplish so much more than we could do in ourselves. And the truth is, there's some pretty remarkable people that have done big things in the world that didn't even believe in you. But what you use us for is kingdom business. It doesn't die when we die. We're building in all eternity. We're building things that will last for the ages. Today, Lord, I pray that however it is that you've moved on the hearts of these folks, as they're responding, I pray that you meet them in that place. If somebody is here and they need to receive Jesus as Lord and they need Jesus to save them, all you have to do is say, Jesus, here I am. I have sinned against you and I've sinned against my, I've made a mess of my life, but I believe that you are Jesus, the only begotten of the Father, that you died for me, that I can live. Please forgive me, Jesus, of my sins. Come into my life and be a vital part of it every day. And at that moment, if you pray a prayer simple like that, he'll do what you ask him to do. He'll come into your life and he'll begin to change it.
Some things will change overnight. Other things will take many nights. For those other people, God, that are just making decisions, Lord, be with them. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Even that person that's been putting off on either starting that business or applying for that job that the devil's told them that they're not qualified for. I pray that they would have courage like a lion. Let courage reign in their life. All other things, you know them. You know the heart of men. Lord, we give them and we respond. We're doing what you've asked us to do right now. Now bless it. Use it in Jesus' name. Everybody say That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.